Welcome everyone to another program with your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW. That's Mordechai Weinberger, a licensed clinical social worker. Just want to apologize for those of you listening to my voice. I've just had a couple of speaking engagements this past Sunday and the voice has gone. So, Baruch Hashem, I'm glad we got this. It's a great matana. So again, this program is called on the jrootradio.com. And we've got so many people hosting it live that you can now watch us. We've got, of course, jrootradio.com. We've got the Lakewood Scoop. We've got Yeshiva World. We've got FNW. Thank you for having us, for participating and having us all there. So, so many people are listening in. Looks like the need for mental health is is growing. And Baruch Hashem, able to at least do my little part in it. The number to call, and if you've got a question or comment to ask, is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And I look forward to taking your question or comment again. It's your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, Mordechai Weinberger, licensed clinical social worker. And if you'd like to text, you can text a question. But of course, just to be aware that we take voice callers over the texts because there is a lot more... You know, there's a lot more interest, give and take, for the people, for information for them to grow. So again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening, for all the questions we've had, and of course, for all those people participating, all those that are carrying our line. So if you'd like to see what it looks like in the studio live, you can look it up on Yeshiva World, Lakewood Scoop, and of course, on jrootradio.com, where we are broadcasting from. So the number to call and to ask your question or comment is 718-683-5858, 718 683 5858. I'd like to open with a request or sort of comment that has been going on. Um, and it's sort of a bit controversial because the question is how do we start getting parents when they have adult children that are having difficulties for them to recognize that they have difficulties and what to be done? And what makes it that difficult and that controversial is it's because of the balance that's needed. On one part, you've got to be able to let go, and we need to recognize that we learn from experience. On the other hand, we still have to have the balance where we need to be able to mention it, sometimes even be a bit more assertive, where to give information and then let go. That balance is so difficult to master. And many times when I speak to parents that are having a difficulty mastering it, they actually think they've mastered it best of all. If I don't control my son's life or my daughter's life or my married son's life or my married daughter's life or my grandchildren's life, their life will be messed up. Do you know how many mistakes I've made? Do you know the pain I've gone through? And I want to save them from that. Do they know the pain that they will go through and how it will affect them? And unfortunately, the balance between the two is what's needed. So just creating that awareness to be aware that if you wonder if what type of person you are, just ask your spouse. Ask a friend. Not am I a controlling person because they'll say, of course you're not controlling. Most people, 99% of the parents are not controlling. However, are you too invested? Are you able to sleep at night or are you not able to sleep at night because of this concern? That's where we start getting into that entire parasha that we're discussing over here. So we're going to start with line two with Eti. You're on the air with Mordechai. And for those of you that would like to call in for your question or comment, anything about the mental health field, of course, we just, um, we're just for awareness. And it's got to be family and age appropriate. The number is 718-683-5858. First, we've got just one or two texts that came in. Can you please announce the UK number on the phone line, Lil Nishmas, your father? So for those of you listening in, in England, the line to call in, so it's a free local call um, for my phone line, actually. 
my phone line, which has got about 60 to 60 shiurim, which is basics, psychology 101, but it's really life, daily living stuff, what's going on, how to say no in a positive way, how to start taking care of yourself, boundaries, how to start dealing with, I call it, how to stop negotiating with terrorists, how to stop making friends, how to make best friends, understanding your natures, and many more programs that are out there. So that number is 718-298-2011, but if if you have a family member in England that would like to hear these programs, daily texts, uh, daily questions, and things like that, the number in England is 020-3129-0410. So thank you from England for sending in that text so quick. Okay. Etty, we're going to you. Uh, hi. Um, thank you for the program. The topic that you just mentioned, I just have to say something. It doesn't only go for parents. It goes for big sisters. I'm the oldest in the family, and I think it's pretty challenging to know when to stick my nose in, when not to, when to stand back, when to give the encouragement to the little sister, and when to when to know what to do and what not to do. So besides the parents, it goes basically, I think, for siblings as well. Yes. Um, questions like this. I have a 12-year-old daughter, an yeah. imagination, an amazing one. I see myself in her. Um, the imagination <coughs> can take you to the craziest places, create fears that really don't exist. It can create... Um, uh, the last incident I had, which is what I said, how do I take out this fear from her? What do I, how do I work it through with her? was when she was taking my daughter to the van to put her on for school. And I happened to be right behind I'm like, go ahead, take her. She's like, there's a bus coming. I said, you're fine. I'm watching you go. She was literally stuck. She's like, Ma, there was a bus coming. I'm like, I'm behind you, and I'm here, and I'm watching you. You're okay. I have this, I once did when I listened to your show of... Is a robber going to come or whatever? I don't remember what the crazy imagination was. And you said, talk it through with her. Ask her questions. Ask her what you feel that she's going to happen. Ask how. You know, we were walking through the street, and I was just asking her the questions. And, again, I got to a dead end because she herself didn't have an answer of, I don't know what's going to happen. It was just literally a fear. And I know from my experiences with this imagination, I was able to conquer it. As an adult, more where I was able to tell myself, listen here, this imagination is not real. You don't have to go to the very end where you're crying and you're, you know, chasing people. Um, control it, and you'll be okay. Everything is good. Now, I just see my little girl in it, and I'm like, is there something I can do for her? Or So let's recognize, and for all of you listening, I, I really appreciate your call because I'd like to show you. And this is a major concept in therapy, really in Yiddishkeit. But let's just stick more to psychology because just the way it goes. So let's, let's mm-hmm. recognize a point. In order to help anyone, we need to master and have the tools in that area. So let's recognize, as you've described, you as a parent, you have certain, you had, let's say, the similar fear or concern, which means your imagination is a strong imagination. You're an emotional mm-hmm. person. And if we are not taught how to balance the emotion, then our logic can help out, right? Which is what you do. So your logic is sort of saying, don't worry, it's not real, correct? Correct. Now, what happens to the original emotion when you get it? 
till your logic kicks in. Let's ask it differently. How you many can just times go along with the emotion until you capture it. But by the time you finish with the emotion, the whole imagination, you could have jumped off a bridge, saved people. You could have done so many things by the That's end. Right. You could be crying. So at how the many end. times, how long does it take you before you're able to logically control your emotion? Today, a second. Once upon a time, Probably Talking about I, today sometimes, it's impossible what you're telling me to control every emotion. You're telling me just from experience that your emotions don't change the fear. Oh, and this new fear, this takes me a while till I can master and to control it. My imagination is a very not logical imagination. I know, not yours, no one's is. That's <laughs> why it's called imagination. And so it's, and at it's, this point in my life, I think I pretty much can, if I choose to, I can look at myself and say, at the get real, you know this is not happening. Every okay, area, could... or is it maybe that you're just too busy sometimes, that you've gotten yourself, your survival mode of not feeling emotions are when it's so busy during the it's day? Really, for myself, it's really yeah. only when I go to bed. Ah, thank you. Excellent. You've just answered my question. Oh. Why is it only when you go to bed, and when you go to bed, what do you do when you go to bed? How do you stop it then? How do I, I stop will explain it then? To you I how probably, the mind I works. could close my eyes, Yes. and I could talk to myself. How long does it take you to talk yourself to when it's the long ones, when it's the hard ones? Today, um, doesn't take long. It doesn't take much Define for me at this long. point. Some people long is 20 minutes, some people long no, is 30 seconds. No, it could seconds. take some five minutes and under at this point. How long? Five minutes and under. It doesn't. Okay. So let's understand first what you've said. And let's see if we can use some of these tools that I might do with you to see how we can help your daughter. When we get busier and busier and busier, we don't give our emotional brain time to think. So therefore, unfortunately, many times the solution for people that have anxiety or have a very strong imagination, what they do is they get to keep themselves so busy that they're running away from themselves. When is the one time you cannot run away from yourself? At night. In order to go to sleep, you need to now close the logic brain and close the emotional brain. And the emotional brain usually will say, no, 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 you've ignored me all day. Now is when I'm going to scream. And it's very hard to shut off our brain because there isn't an off button. Right. So for all of you that are listening and that you find yourself at night, your mind is running for hours, understand that your mind is telling you all those minutes, hours, or days you've been ignoring it and now it is shouting stronger. And here's where it even gets stronger that if we ignore it for enough years, then we start getting, unfortunately, now physical pains. Headaches, migraines, backaches, and we're forced to face it. Yeah. Now, since the tool of your, the only survival tool that you have is to ignore, that is very difficult to do when you're a kid, when the, log when the emotional brain is so much more powerful than the logic. When they're not so busy, so they're in class and the teacher's a bit boring or said something where they understood it already, now the emotional brain is coming in. So imagine you're now during your day and you're going to lay down three, four times during the day. How do you think your, your emotional fears would be coming up? Will they be coming up just once at night or will they be coming up many times during the day? No, probably during the day also. That's right. So kids will have this issue. Kids will have it a lot more because they have more time to feel their feeling brain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, let's give you another tool how to help the emotions, and those were sort of exactly what you said, but here's another point, which I guess I missed to share that, and that is we never do therapy at the time of anxiety. I shouldn't use the word never. 99% of the time, you do not do therapy during the time mm -hmm. 
So let me give you an example. Imagine we're going to train someone for the Olympics, which they train about four years for something. And if they're skiers, they're going to practice where they specialize in that type thing for four years. Imagine now we're going to take someone that does speed skiing and about 20 minutes before this Olympics, we're going to tell them, you know, instead of doing speed skiing, we're going to be doing those skis where you got to make those, those turns right and left. Who can do quicker? Or who can do further jumps? Well, how do you think that guy will do then? If you change the person's talent 20 minutes before the Olympics against the best in the world, how do you think that person will do? Not well. Right. Because we never, at least with the emotions, deal with emotions on hand. You've always got to prepare. I'm a huge believer in that in almost everything in life. Everything takes hachana. The Kayin Gadol, the first Mishnah Masechtus Yuma, starts off that Shivas Yom Kaidim Achag. I don't know exact lashon, but seven days before Yom, before Yom Kippur, before Yom Kippurim, you bring him Avri and you pass over all the carbonus, and he's shechting hundreds of them. So this way, when he's going to do the Avodah seven days later, it should go fluent because if he makes a whole mistake, it gets very complicated. Now let's realize the Kayin Gadol is not a 13-year-old Kayin that just became Bar Mitzvah, and here we're going to practice. This is a seasoned Kayin. That the Rabbi has put the Shechin on him and said he's going to now be the Kayin Gadol, which has shechted thousands of Karbanas. And now, when he's going to do every year the ultimate, you know, carbon, the Slicha Mechila for Klal Yisrael, they're passing hundreds of Karbanas in front of him every single day because the concept of practice in advance is so important to work. If you want to be able to have your kid identify what emotions are going on, you can't do it when they're going to school and they're concerned about schools, tests, right. handwriting. You can't do it when they're nervous about the bus now that they're afraid you're doing it. Right. One of the main points, now there is exposure therapy and in vitro, different thoughts of therapy, which you're going to have in vivo therapy where you have the person tuning in, all that, while it's happening. But that's after you've done a lot of hachana and preparing them for it, and then you do it. So a large part of therapy is, of course, a skill, an art, and it's also training. So what I would recommend you do with your daughter is you push her, what is the fear of the bus? Chas it will hit you. You take it further. What are you afraid of hitting? If she's stuck, that's part of what we do in therapy. Again, I'm just the tools, but there's almost no way for you to do it because you're stuck in this. You're mm-hmm. being triggered. I just want you to understand. If I am weak about something, we can't give that over. I just came up with a great muscle because a client was telling me, but that's not always true. I could teach someone something. You know, if, if I don't know that much about it. <clears throat> so one example that the person gave me was, does a heart surgeon have to have a healthy heart in order to do surgery? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know something, you're right. So the muscle I gave to this is as follows. A heart surgeon, because he's not teaching emotional work, he's doing technical work, but he has to know the heart language. He has to know everything about the heart to do that. If you want to teach someone an emotional language, then you have to know everything about that. So just as a real story that I told the client that it was a cute story, is I once went to a restaurant, and we happened to have loved the restaurant and loved that uh, waiter. The waiter walks in, you're all comfortable, great, and he starts as follows. Food is love, and love is food. Now what would you like to order? And this guy was a little bit hefty. And he would go, I'm telling you, this steak, I saw the chef, he does this the best. Everyone ordered the steak. And he tells me, you know, most people I tell to, they're all ordering the steak. Then we go to the same restaurant and he wasn't there. We had a different waiter. What would you like to order? What the, what's good? Well, on the chef's specialty is whatever it was. And we ordered. The geschmack that we had to the food. When we saw the food and he goes, wow, look at this food that's coming. Mm, mm, mm. 
Emotions need emotions. If we want to heal someone with emotions, you got to be healed in that area. Mm-hmm. So if you are triggered, I would ask you to have your husband do the tools exactly what you said. Uh-huh. And you're going to find amazing how your husband will be able to get the answers from your child. And you will not. But and- can we get something realistic? Or technically, if it's an imagination, we might land at a dead end. So again, there is cognitive and behavioral therapy that works very well for fears for mm-hmm. anxiety, and that's a fantastic system, and that's more a symptom reduction system. But is it healed? Let me ask you. You're using a CBT tool. Ignore it. Push it away. Does it heal um, I'm not. Pain? I'll be honest. I'm not ignoring or pushing it away. I logically know where it's coming from, what. Let me rephrase, my, let me rephrase what <laughs> I said. Are you dealing with the emotions? Have you gone for therapy to deal with this emotion? Maybe you've gone for therapy for other stuff. This issue that you still have at night that you get triggered and your solution is to push it away. It's not real. It's coming for a specific reason. Did you heal that pain? You are using Um, symptom reduction tools and they work and people have successful lives. And I thank the Rabbi Shalom for creating this magnificent CBT tool, which was made by Ellis and by Beck, two fantastic psychologists. And I thank the Rabbi Shalom. It's unbelievable how Klal Yisrael has benefited from that and the world has. But has it healed the root of your issue? I suppose we can say it hasn't healed healed the root of the issue. And I guess when I'm ready to go through it, we'll go through it. Exactly. Um, so now, if your issue isn't healed, can you be an amazing... Let's say you're a gastrointernist. You're an amazing doctor for the stomach, but you don't have much experience with the heart. How great will you be doing now a heart surgery? Um... You'll know something. You're good. You've done, right. you've done internship. You've gone to hospitals. You know about the heart. You know how right. to identify when you see something with the stomach. It might be the heart. You might even know the test to do. But what, how, how fantastic of a surgeon will you be in that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are you hearing? So, when you're saying, mm-hmm, sounds like you're hearing something. No, so I'm hearing what I'm hearing. Is what I'm, so I'm going to ask a question. Until I don't emotionally heal myself 100% all the way down to the itty-bitty. Ooh, now I hear um, perfectionist. Please do not. It sounds like I'm becoming a perfectionist 100% No, because I, I don't want to no. go in. I don't want if I to. If I talk too much about what was, I'm not, you know. Um, now, what like I, I would I, like I, to take, since I was going to ask pro- you a second question for what you're saying. Hold it on, sounds hold like on. Let me just go back. Since this program is mostly for awareness parents out there, recognize and that's why parents get annoyed when i ask that as the first question someone goes what do i do with my kid or i have something it just developed and i go watch which one of your parents have it right just for us to recognize first for adult parents if you don't take care of yourself chances are the way the rabbinical has created it you're going to have to face it it's going to hurt you and half the time when i'm not successful with a child it's always one of the parents and i tell the child then i tell the parents please come work on yourself I've just had a parent where I actually did reverse, and that's as follows. I'm working on a teenager where the teenager has a hard time getting in, and I told the parents, guess what? Let's use a secret here. Let's work on you guys, so this way we will be able to work on your kids. Many times the parents can even be the key, the key to helping the children. Even if the child is not the primary issue, the, client is, the child is the primary issue, if we work on the parents, we see huge changes. So mm-hmm. we want to go to some more callers, those that are calling okay. in. So thank you, Etsy, for thank calling you. in. And my suggestion to you is have your husband do the exact questions that we did. Mm-hmm. You will see how he will be able to use it a lot more protect, a lot more productive. We'll see out to the Shemaya. And okay. on you, whatever it is that you haven't worked out completely yet, 
seems like the Rabbi Shalom is giving you a message. Please take care of yourselves. This way your children okay. will be able to grow to the next level. Thank you for the Thank awareness you. and the confidence to be able to call in. Thank Let you. us go now to Chaim. Chaim, on line three, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hi, Mordechai, how are you? <laughs> Fantastic, Baruch Hashem. No more. Thank you very, very much for your show. Ah. I really enjoy it, and I really have a lot of, um, I get help in many different ways from it. My pleasure. And thank you very much. Yes. Uh, I had a question like this. Um, I have issues with anxiety, and I'm going to therapy for it also, but um, my question really is, like, when, when do I say that this anxiety is something which is normal, that, you know, every person has anxiety, you know, sometime in their life? And when do I say this anxiety is something which is, like, bothering me? I, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, just recently a, a close family member um, got sick. So, like, sometimes it's, like, hard for me to fall asleep at night because I'm nervous about it. And sometimes, you know, like, I'm nervous to go visit them in the hospital. Is this, like, normal, you know, things that people have that I just have to go do it and it's just going to pass? Or this is more, you know, of my anxiety? So I would like you to answer that question. I'm a major fan of pushing my clients to answer their own questions. First, what do you think? Do you think most people going into a hospital is worried about anxiety, or they're just able to go without even thinking about it? Um, Was that your question? People, no, I'm saying if it's a close family member and I'm going to see them in such a state, it's like, you know, okay. it gets me nervous. Now define the word anxiety and nervous. I wonder then, sometimes we throw around words. What's your question? Let's let's phrase it to you. Do you have that issue going in, in general, to the hospitals? No. So when you go to a hospital, you're completely relaxed. I mean, you feel bad for the person that's there, but it's okay. Right. When it's someone that I know, then it's hard. So let's first recognize step one. Step one is, when people go to a hospital, it's supposed to be easy. Now, if it's more Nagea to you, someone that you know, someone that you're concerned, unfortunately, for what you're going through, or someone what they're feeling, you might be feeling for them, or the closer you are to them, <coughs> the harder it's going to be to go. Now, again, let's define when we say hard. Hard is, here's where I want you to define that, is hard that you're feeling bad for that person, or is hard that your heart is beating and you're petrified, who knows what will happen? Um, I would say the latter. Okay, so it's more who knows what will happen. Now that is a normal fear and a normal reaction when it's someone close for this to happen. That's very normal. Now it if is. it's normal, no. now we go to step two. When something is normal, we don't diagnose it under anxiety. There are different diagnoses that you do for short-term trauma, for example. If someone goes through a trauma, it's not called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. There's a machlik is how long you don't diagnose it for either four weeks or six weeks. But it's still normal when people go through traumas to have certain emotions. If someone is Rahman going through, or if someone is Nifter, we know we have the Shiva process, then the Shleishim, then the Yorzeit. Those are normal processes for grieving, which is healthy and halacha, and halachadik. Right. But at the same time, now you need to recognize, is this trauma that you're going through, that is a close family member, not well, is it affecting your life that you're not able to work well, you're not able to learn well, you're not able to connect with your children? Is this something that you can't go to the hospital to visit them because it's so strongly affecting you? This is again now, which sometimes gets tied into other issues. Do you have chas a fear of death? Do you have a fear of something happening to a close family member? And this was a major gasoline, gallon of gasoline just poured on a, on a fire or fear that you have. Then you have an underlying fear. 
or anxiety, which now, due to situational reasons, has now exploded. And that's when it's harder to help people when they need the tools how to go through um, specific issues. If there are underlying issues, and then there comes a major issue that is acerbated, that brought up the whole brain, that's much harder. Therefore, when people tell me, how do I just deal with this and this issue, the answer is, I have no idea until I really do a full evaluation to see what's really going on over here. Is this really a 10-year problem and that we just, or Shalom, just sent that little straw, you know, the, the straw that broke the camel's back? Or is this just a major 1,000 pounds of weight put on you? And then we try to give right. you the tools for that. So what would but you say? I know, I know that I have, I'm saying I know that I have anxiety. I'm saying I am going to a therapist for it also. Okay. Like, I'm just wondering, like, if, like I'm saying I was getting much better and, like, now this whole thing happened, so I... Yeah, so that is part of the process of healing. That as you're going to work on your anxiety, you're going to find how going to the hospital will be easier and easier, but it's never going to be a, a ballpark. It's never going to be an easy walk in the park because it's not supposed to be that way. Right. It's appropriate right. to feel certain emotions. It's not appropriate for it to take over your mind or your life, or maybe it is. Maybe it's that serious and it is appropriate. But the theory, the information that you can walk out with is that logic and emotions and old emotions can be affecting all the issues now. Let's try a little bit of emotional therapy because most therapists really don't have experience in that. And if I would ask you, what would be a feeling that would help you feel completely at ease going into a hospital or going to visit your family member? Um, I guess it's somehow to feel that like there's no like anything going on around me has nothing to, there's nothing, like it's not going to affect me in any way. So, like whatever I see, you know, I see him in such a mass, like it's never going to happen to me. Excellent. So can you imagine, I usually like, I usually like when the person comes up with their own imagination, but what would give you the reassurance if the Rabbi Shalom can come to you in a dream, if the Rabbi Shalom tells it to you now, you have Gilu Elio Anavi, who, who is the one that if you would have that, or Rav, or a Tzaddik tell you, Chaim, Guarantee you with Siata Deshmaya, everything will be A-OK, nothing, whatever's happening to that close family member, but it will not happen to you. What would give you that guarantee, that feeling? I guess if I say I can see like in the future of how, I would see in the future of my whole life, and I would see that would never happen to me. Magnificent. I've done that many times on myself. How do you feel if you can, Mertz Hashem, there are a bunch of them somehow, how would you like to do that? Would you like to see that you can just see the future? Would you like to see that Hashem takes you like on top of the world looking at it? Would you like looking into a crystal ball? What would give you that a feeling that you can feel you've seen your future and you can look back and it has never happened to you or to your wife or to your children or to anyone like that? How do you feel with that? Um, just take a moment. Feel it. I want you to see... You're at that last day of your life. What a successful, happy, productive, unbelievable life you've had. And you see there was health. 365 days till 120. For you and your family, immediate wife and kids. Amen, by the way, to that. I feel much better. Excellent. And this is a feeling type therapy. Now, I know for those of you listening, it seems so easy. But as we had from the first caller from Etty, there's a huge, large skill to this, especially when you're dealing with people that don't understand it and other stuff that are going on. So it's not that simple, but I always please tell everyone to try it first. But just to realize if it's not working, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just a very talented skill to master.
or hard skill to master, but it can be mastered. <coughs> it can be taught. Yeah. Excellent, Chaim. So that is... Um, let's like, do it quick because we've got more people calling up. Well, I know, and I give an opportunity. I think if I'm going more to a, I'm saying I'm I'm going. I think can I actually do this thing what you're telling me to do in, in other areas? I guess also like but I'm yes. going to therapy for it works all over. But just to recognize, it will not take the place. It's not meant to replace cognitive behavioral therapy. It's meant to work work along with. I am very pro cognitive behavioral therapy. I am very for that modality. I've studied it. I train in it, I practice in it, and I use it a lot in my private practice. I'm also adding on that there are more components to the brain that I am very for people learning as well. I hear. Okay, fine. So thank you very much. Thank you, Chaim, for calling in. And Hatzlacha and that relative of yours, Shevra Fuwa Shalema Bemehera Biyamenu, right now. Amen. Thank you for calling in. For those of you tuning in and listening now, you're listening to your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, with a little bit of a hoarse voice. So if you're not recognizing the voice, that's for that. Sunday, I was flown into Montreal, and it was a wonderful schuss to speak to altogether, probably to about a thousand people, and it was fantastic. Spoke to the Torah Masora of, of Montreal, which was a fantastic opportunity to the Rebbeim there. Spoke to parents, mothers, fathers, separate lectures, and it was a real wonderful schuss. So... I thank you all, but it did take a major toll on my voice. And Baruch Hashem, we're able to have this program today. So again, it's your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, listening and looking forward to taking any of your questions in the mental health field with Siata Deshmaya. We will be able to shed a little light. Thank you, Chaim Anetti, for your questions. Let's go to Sarah on line one. Sarah, you're on the air. And for those of you that like to call in and ask your question, you can call in the studio number 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. You can watch us live on the Lakewood Scoop, on Yeshiva World, and on, of course, jrootradio.com. And we want to thank Jroot Radio for hosting us, jrootradio.com for hosting us. So thank you for having that. Sarah, you're on the air with Mordechai. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question. I have a child that's in the middle school, and she's willing. she wants to change from one school to the next school. But the problem is, the school that she wants to change to is not the proper fit. And I explained that to the child, and ultimately I'm the parent, and I was the one that had to decide that I have to put her back in the school where she lived. And I told the child that last night that ultimately I have to put you back into the school where you are now. She was not happy about that. And your question is? How do I deal with this, you know, with this child now? Because she's starting now, like, emotional problems, but that her body is aching and other things, being not to go to school. Yes. And I've taken her to the doctor, and the doctor says, Baruch Hashem, there is nothing wrong with this child. Okay, so again, let's. I hear a lot of questions in your question, so I'd like to define it to the main point. What exactly is your question? My question is, how do I deal with this child? We are not changing her schools. I looked into the other possibilities for other schools, and it is not a possibility <coughs> due to what she needs academically, what she needs socially, and other things. It is not a possibility. So let me so, ask you now a question, and this will be a little about you and a little about your child. And again, you said middle school, so give me a rough age. So, so, 
So this way everyone listening will have a clear age roughly. So what is middle age? About 11, 12 years old? Excellent. So 11, 12-year-old kid, uh, let's say, wants to change schools, and you've looked at the different schools' options, and, and they aren't that good, and now the kid is starting to use pain as a way, or depression sometimes, which might be, or that mopey face with that sound, ooh, I'm so sad, you don't love me, you don't care about me tone. And how do you deal with it, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, let me ask you questions about you. When you, are you the go-getter, I shouldn't say, are you the decision type person that you take life, you see a problem, you make a decision, and you move on? I'm the type of person that if I see a problem, if I can't correct it, I go to somebody that could to correct it. That's right. So you're someone that deals with issues head on. Absolutely. That's right. Now, let me ask you another question. Do you sometimes stay a little bit in the feelings as to what you are feeling when things don't go your way? Or it's focused, it's very like logically focused. We've got five tasks to do. We can only do three. We will delegate the other two out. If we see we can't even do one of the three we have to do, we will delegate that third one out. Are you someone that's like very grounded, solid, dealing with a here and now? Yes. Excellent. Now, is your child now more the type that's a very feeling person, needs to take their time with things? They don't always do their responsibility, and you get annoyed sometimes when you ask them to do something, you've got to follow up with them several times. I think every child has a little bit of that, to be and quite I'm honest. I'm asking specifically about this one. No, she's not like that. As Baruch HaShem, I could say, no, she's not like that. So what you are saying is that this kid, when things have to get done, they've got five tasks on their list, boom, 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 they'll take care of it, She's or he is your nature, just like you. She's not like me, she'll procrastinate, but in Tachlis, I'll tell this kid, you have this That's and not this my now question if you're going to push them. You see, you getting them to do it doesn't mean they are self-motivated like you. No, For example, but I tell I'm, let's like, make an like, assumption. Like, do you have several children? Yes. Do you Barbara find Jeff. that uh, do you have one or two children that are more like you, very self-motivated, that you don't have to push them that much? No, unfortunately not. So you find that you got to push all your children? To some degree, yes. Well, everyone's Certain pushing things. to some degree. I also need a motivation to push some degree. <laughs> I'm talking about to most degrees. I have a few children, Baruch Hashem, that are very, very motivated, yes. Okay. Is this kid less motivated than the other ones? I would say yes. Now, let's try to understand the next step. Is it possible that this child is a very feeling person, likes to hug, likes to touch, likes to talk about the pains of school, the happiness, people like me, people don't like me, you know how I felt and can sometimes discuss details of something that happened a week ago and talk about, let's say, weddings that they liked, or friends, and talk about something that's not here and now? No, she's not like that. I mean, no, not at all. She's not like that at all. Okay, what does she like talking about when she comes home? Usually what she did in school, with what she does with her friends, and things like that. Right. Does she go into the emotional part, or the actual part? Is she discussing no. what no. she wore, and what they wore, or are they talking about what no. a great time no. they had? No. No, what, what, where they went, what they did, things like that they discussed. What, I'm try, what I would like you to recognize, and for many parents or people listening out there, we are, they are, the Rabbi Shalom has given different natures. I've got a program, actually I divide it into two programs of 16 natures on my phone line of 16 different natures, and to recognize the, the positives, the strengths of each nature that the Rabbi Shalom has created, and the negative that 
when he when he has you know of their nature and then what i also do on those programs is to start just showing a little bit how the different natures how they can sort of sometimes they work together but sometimes they work actually opposites and they don't work out well now for a person that the nature is let's do it let's get it done right here and right now grounded and someone's a more a feeling nature or someone likes talking theory these two will clash one of the ways that an emotional person expresses and says i can't do that is by creating physical body pains feeling down feeling depressed and that is one of the tools and that is also one of the tools that when parents are very grounded here and now, so since you do that and because you might be an adult and you've gone through many smaller experiences, for our children, not changing schools because of a problem or whatever reason that they want to change, this is a huge trauma. 100%. Right. And now what we need to do is to speak the language of emotions, which is for a day, let's just discuss all the pains that you're feeling that you're not changing schools. You don't like the next year's teacher. You don't have best friends. You don't like the way the building looks. You don't like the, the food, the way it tastes. You don't find that anyone values you or you're not valued that much. You've tried making friends and you only got a little so far. You're not respected for your learning or for your scholastic abilities. Or you're not able to excel over there scholastically. You want to identify first three points is sort of what I try focusing on, which is number one, trying, what's the emotion that I've you're... I've been trying to do that with her. I've been trying to do that with her. Has I your husband that. tried doing that with her? Um, I'd rather not comment about that. Okay. So all that I'd like to realize is the way I'm talking to you, it sounds to me you're a very logical and grounded person. I'm not hearing that much emotions. I'm a very emotional person. If I would describe the situation that you've said, is, it would be, you know, I, I really am concerned a lot. My kid is such an emotional person or outgoing, says things, usually likes going. And now when she doesn't want to go to school, I'm feeling nervous. I think about it during the day. That's how I would present a story because it's my emotional. You've done it like when I would be speaking to another professional. This is the situation. I've got a middle-aged school a middle school age child, which we had to change schools, or she wanted to change schools. We saw we couldn't. You gave it so metho so methodically, which is fantastic. But if you're going to want to speak to her emotions, the style that right. you're doing, without a little training how to expand on emotions, when you're saying you did it, you did to the best of your abilities. But if she is a more emotional person, we're going to need to expand your abilities. And that's where the training comes in. So when you tell me you've spoken to her about emotions, it's not, okay, so you're sad. What next? Describe the sadness. Wow, I feel for you. You know, when I was once in school and I had to change classes, it's not about getting it here and now. It's about the person feeling you're with them. Sometimes in my therapy session, which people always think, oh, it moves right away, but sometimes I've got clients where they need three, four sessions, and they tell me, but we did nothing, and I'm just being connecting with them through empathy, through feeling, explaining to them the problems going with them into it, that they go, oh, wow, I didn't even realize what a big problem it is. I didn't even notice how it's affecting me. And that's important because in order to start healing the pain, we first have to acknowledge what the pain is. And once we've spent sometimes three sessions, if that's what's needed, sometimes it might be needed more, sometimes less, but the person can get to that. Now we go, well, now that we understand the problem, how quick do you think you can get better? Some of these people come and I'm coming in for a small problem. I think in two sessions, I'm done. Once they recognize it, then they can start moving on. So your daughter or son, once you're saying that you're giving her empathy, my first part, part, point is give feelings.
go into it, spend 20 minutes with her, get just feelings. You know what 20 minutes is? To you, it's long. I can sometimes spend 45 minutes just on the feelings, if that's what I feel is needed. And for your daughter or son, for your daughter, if she's walking around starting to get already physical pains or acting that way, that might be the solution. On the other hand, now let's swing the pendulum to the other side. Your kid might be manipulating you and controlling you that when I say I'm not feeling well and mommy feels guilty, great. Not consciously, oh, but subconsciously. I don't let her manipulate me. What? No, I'm not, I'm not a parent like that. She'll wake up in the morning and she'll tell me I don't feel well. I said, no problem, you don't feel well? We're going to the doctor. That's what I tell her. Good. And that's what I tell her. And if the doctor feels you're not able to go to yeshiva, so be it, you will not go to yeshiva. But I am not making that determination before we don't see the doctor. So then let's go back to your question. Now, so your question to me was you have a child... 11, 12 years old, that you weren't able to change the school as she wanted, and now she's saying she's having physical pains. And the doctor's right. saying it's not real. Correct. So what does that tell us? What is the problem? And you're saying she's not a manipulator, so she's not trying to manipulate you. No, but I think it's more in cup than it is in, in, in anything else. Everything is I'm... more in cup than anything else. Let's clarify that. Why is it any different than her than the person that's working that he's got $100,000 or a $1 million in bank account and he's still working so hard? Everything is in the cup. Why is it when we're cleaning for Pesach, we're so stressed and so nervous, it's only in our cup. Whatever gets done, gets done. Whatever doesn't, doesn't. The whole world, all of marketing is in our cup. Mm -hmm. What clothing we wear is in our cup. Because these people wear it. So let's understand, it's in her cup, but we need the tools how to get it out of her cup. We want her to learn the tools in life that when things don't go your way, it's okay. And you can still be solid and happy and be successful. 100%. So my recommendation to you is I feel you're a very logical person, and I feel that if you can maybe take some books on feelings or whatever's out there, how to expand and practice. Not that you're not emotional, not that you don't even express emotions. I'm saying you are emotional. I'm also saying that you're expressive. But I'm saying for this child, you need to go further and learn her language of more emotions. Thank you. You you helped me a lot. Thank you very, very much. I and appreciate it. Can you even clarify? Because I feel I've given some information, but I'm actually curious. What part do you feel you got helped? Or what did you get clearer in? Because I wasn't really aware of that. My daughter, it's more the emotional is basically eating her more so than anything else. That's right. I, was, I wasn't aware of that until you brought it out. Excellent. Now that I'm aware of it, that the emotional aspect is, like they say, it's eating her up That's right. alive. I will deal with it. That's I'll take right. her out for ice cream today, and I will talk to her over ice cream. And let's focus on you eating the ice cream and she doing the talking. I just want you to understand about emotions. Is The secret to emotions is her expressing. So oh, if you both go never, for emotions... My kids would never do that. They would always insist that... I, that, that Excellent. They would never, ever, they would never, ever eat, let, let them eat alone. They, they're not like that. In other words... I'll cover out of respect that they won't right. eat unless you eat as well. A fantastic chinuch that you've like done. Like in, our, in our house, when, when my kids serve, they, always the parents get first. Not, wonderful, they don't wonderful. Take, so let's they don't try it this themselves. way. You know, sometimes they have those little ice creams that's like for like the two-year-olds, like a little yes. cone. Like that's maybe, I don't know, whatever they go for now, a dollar. You get yourself that dollar one and you get her that, uh, sorry, you get yourself the big, huge one and you get her that little dollar one or you tell her after 
when I finish my ice cream, then we're going to get you yours. And you got to talk and you got to keep me busy. You just want her expressing emotions. And many times emotions will be, and if I don't change schools now, I won't have anyone coming to my wedding. Rabbi you're 11 years old, but that's how the emotions work. I understand. This is very normal. It's don't say, and also when she starts talking, all you're doing is repeating her words. Wow, so one of the things that what's bothering if we don't change schools are that you won't have kids come to your wedding. Not that it's ridiculous. Okay, and what else are you worried about? Could even be crazy because we know that's how emotions work. Emotions have very interesting feelings. Have her expand. Let her do the talking. And usually when the feelings pass instantly, you'll see them have that huge smile on their face. They usually first take this deep breath. Ah, and in my office, I see the way a person takes the deep breath and I know the information's in. And then they go, I don't know if we accomplished much. And I go, I know, but I saw your body language just gave everything away. And of course, I don't tell it to them. And we go, we'll see. Come back next week and we focus on positives. We see. And then, wow, a lot has changed. They go, I don't even know why so much has changed. So many times they might not have the awareness, but you as the parent, me as the therapist, needs to be aware of what are the signs, what are the telltale signs when things are working out. I appreciate it and continue your great work. And I give you a bracha. You should be able to do this in many, many more years Amen. with Kayak and Yeshavadas. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that bracha very, very much so. Um, we're going to take a couple of more callers. I'm just going to really apologize because we've gotten four different messages of people asking me how they can get to me to my private practice, if they can ask me a question off air. And here I'm just going to speak very humbly and really as a human being and really tell you I would love to. But I've dropped my phone already a day after Sukkot, so it's several months, just because I was not having a life for myself, for my wife, for my children, for my parents, for my mother, for my brother, sister, for my friends. It has really gotten that Baruch Hashem, just people are texting for just one thing to ask you and just to understand psychology. Just asking your question is about 25 minutes. For me, explaining it to you why it's five, six sessions work is about another half hour. So if I'm finally home for about an hour and a half, two hours, if that ever happens, I don't remember when was the last time that really happened. But when that happens, just to apologize to the people why I can't take the call listening to your question was just overwhelming. So I've, Baruch Hashem, dropped my phone. And I'm having more quality time, still not saying a lot, still not saying enough, but I'm trying to balance out that I should not need to go for therapy, although I am in therapy for my other, for my personal stuff and other stuff, but not that it should be that I'm not enjoying what I'm doing and the world has taken over and not that my wife should have to be in therapy and my kids in therapy. So therefore, when you just want to speak to me a second, on average every week, we probably get at least 10 to 15 such messages that people are asking just to speak to me one minute question off air. And then the same thing in my private practice, Rabbi Shalom Baruch Hashem sent me a, a beautiful siyata deshmaya that right now, and actually since I've started on air, which is about nine months now or a year now, we're probably on air, only once has I mentioned my number on air. And what I've done since then is when the client, or when someone wanted to, for whatever reason, for whatever reasons I've given the number, I've learned to just give it to that one person, you know, through the phone line, through the, where they called up the studio. So, Baruch Hashem, right now for taking new clients, that's not what I'm looking for. This was never meant for marketing or for advertisements. It wasn't. Or Baruch Hashem has done unbelievable stuff and it has benefited me that way anyhow. But I haven't mentioned my number online. So, therefore, for my office, I'm not here to promote business for me. I am here to promote mental health awareness that if we grow, if we take care of ourselves, I am here that people should start asking their therapist, do you have any experience with the subconscious and start getting educated? By demand, it forces a 
growth in that area. And I'm creating the awareness that when people are calling up and there are problems to realize it's not just a problem that will go away, it gets worse. And unfortunately, many issues go to our children that you should start seeking help today. That is the main purpose. So again, for those messages, I apologize, but the Rabbi Shalem has unfortunately limited me to be a human being and to limit me to X amount of hours in my day. And Baruch Hashem with a schos, he has given me a wonderful family, magnificent family from parents, in-laws, brothers, sisters, wife, children, friends. And I'd like to keep it where I'm still a human and able to balance that. So with Siata Deshmai, I would recommend that you call Relief. They are an echo. They are wonderful organizations that do referral and they know who to refer to. And with Siata Deshmai, they will be able to help you. Pinchas, thank you for holding a very, very long time on line six. Pinchas, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hello. Yes, First Pinchas. thing I wanted to ask you is, um, firstly, I don't speak so good English, so hopefully I manage. It sounds um, fantastic. I also seem to hear a bit of a British accent tinge to that. Is, am I hearing yeah, correctly? Yeah, I'm calling from London. You are calling from London. Thank you for listening and calling in all the way from the great UK. Yes, I appreciate your local telephone line over here. I benefit a lot of it. Hopefully, I am moving from it as well. Wonderful. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Is there a way okay. actually to spread the word? I was wondering, is there a way to get people to be aware of this out in England? Um, I'm trying to tell my friends and people I know. And I, I heard it from a friend. And since then, I really enjoy it and... Wonderful. So someone recommended to you to hear that, that British line. Right. For those of you listening, because sometimes, as we've gotten over the mention, that they found out about this number from listening to the show here, and I mentioned that. So for those of you randomly, if you're listening, there's a free number to call in in England that you can hear my programs over here in Brooklyn that are, are anywhere in the United States. That's a free line where you get daily questions and answers, daily motivational quotes. And those are actually both Yiddish and in English, which I happen to speak pretty fluently Yiddish. And there's also Shiram, about 61 or 62 major programs about psychology, how to grow. And why I call it Shiram is because it hours of work gets put into me, Makairin, getting Makairis, which are open Makairis to the concepts that there are. So the number in England is 0203-129-0410. And over here, for those of you that are interested in calling into the phone line, it's 718-298-2011, 718 2011, and it's actually I've done it in the Schuss Lil Nishmas, my father, which was Nifter, coming up pretty soon to five years. So, Schuss, that every time someone listens to Nifts and changes their life, um, I find it majorly helping. So, thank you for that. Yes, Sir Pinchas, now to your question. So, the first thing I want to ask you is do you know if Relief has a, has a, a branch or office somewhere over here? I think they do. I do not know offhand. But I'm pretty sure remembering that they have in Canada, they have in England, they have, of course, in Brooklyn, in you know, Lakewood. And I know they've even opened up a branch for the Hasidish world, so they have someone over there that he takes care, he answers the questions in Yiddish and knows which therapists deal only with Yiddish and things like that. So that's so fantastic. I know they are all over. I remember seeing their ad that they have several locations. I'm pretty sure. You can go on their website, you can just call them up and ask them, and they, they can uh -huh. help you. See out the Okay, and the question I want to ask you, probably it has to do with all general issues, but I'm, I'll try to ask you. That's why we're here, for. We're here the, for general questions. Okay, I, I learned with the Bucher, I prepared him for his Bar Mitzvah, so I learned with him his film, and then I taught him a Pshetl. And now um, the father sent me an invitation to his Bar Mitzvah, and it's going to be a nice Gvirish Bar Mitzvah and everything. 
And somehow I feel very uncomfortable about uh, going to the bar mitzvah. I always thought Halavai, even though I will enjoy it, but Halavai wouldn't be, it's not worth it. The, the hard work for me to go to bar mitzvah. So now that's why you or the kid. Who's having the difficult time? I just want to understand it. No, I'm. You. So you have an issue in general, let's say, about being in social places? Right, exactly. Okay. Is it also davening for the Yamad when you need to speak publicly as well? Yes. Okay. Is it also when you know the person, when you're comfortable there? So let's say it's a shul where you, let's say there's a group of five people that you know. Can you speak to them or you even feel that anxiety or that social phobia, as people like calling you? We're not diagnosing you, by the way, my friend. Just using mm -hmm. terms that everyone likes. Do you feel it even if you're with a couple of five guys that you know? Um, when five guys I know, it's um, it's really I'm always I'm the shy one and the quiet one. So it's um, all the time like a bit uncomfortable for me. Okay, so let's try a little bit my emotional type therapy, like that type focus on. What is your fear when you go to big areas? What do you feel? What does your emotion say? I'm afraid I have to, I have responsibilities and I have to do think act act the, the responsibilities I have, and then if I wouldn't be do it as good, then I'm I will be embarrassed from people around and. Mm -hmm. So let me. Tell you, you have a concept that I feel is probably the number one Jewish diagnosis out there that's not a diagnosis that I suffer from that. I shouldn't say suffer because that's one of my big focusing that I'm working on for many years now. And that term is called perfectionist. We are being raised and seeing such stories from Gedolim Rabbonim valuing the successful people and not looking at the, at the process of getting there. So every successful person that you think is successful, if you will speak to them, you will hear the amount of failures that the world calls failures. And they look at it as a growing process. And if we emotionally, subconsciously, I'm just giving you the information for, the, for you and for those listening, but then we're going to have you tune in. If we can get you the information to recognize the more mistakes you make, the more successful you will be. So if you would know how many trial and errors I've got in my life to get to this area, to be able to speak publicly, to be able to take callers, how many fears I had to overcome. And one of the big ones was to be able to be on air and make a mistake, which was one of my big ones, or get a question and say, I don't know. You have no idea how many times that held me back. In fact, you have any idea how many people I'd love to bring on to sometimes co-host with me. Some amazing people have a lot of information I feel that can, that can benefit people. And they're just petrified. And I find myself finding the people that are comfortable speaking public, and they're not afraid about not knowing the answers. They're not afraid. They're afraid of that issue of making a mistake, that perfectionist issue. So understand this is something that most people have. This is why people don't want to cook, bake, and do certain things publicly because of that issue, that fear. Now that we understand that you're 100% normal, it means you're a talented, exceptional person. Now that that is clear, let's go now to the next level. Ask your heart, what would put you so at ease that you will be able to make the mistake publicly and you will be so calm? I'm still accepted and everything will go, will continue as before. 
Excellent. I have a favorite one that I like one of my clients use. He says that I can make a mistake and read everyone's minds that are around me and know that none of them are even thinking about me. So mm-hmm. that's a guarantee. Yeah. I love that. It doesn't have to be real. What emotion will give you that ease? Hello? Yes, yes. yes okay, I'm, no. I'm just thinking. Sure, sure. It's, uh, I would like you to think, but I also like you to feel. What feeling? Ah, if that happens, I'm so relaxed. Maybe if someone will tell me after that. Good. If someone will tell you what after that? I get a big uh, and a big, uh, like everything, I'd be accepted afterwards from, a, from another person like, like before. Excellent. So I would like you now to imagine that you're going to this Talmud's bar mitzvah and this wealthy guy is going to be announcing when he sees you and told all around, when you take someone to teach a bacha, the bar mitzvah, halachas, and the pshatl, he's the guy you should take. Imagine that, and what would put your emotions at ease? That you'll feel so comfortable with that. person will come afterwards to me, like, speak normally, like, just speak normally with me, shmees and everything, just normally. Fantastic. So see now how this person is talking to you after, just regular and normal. And see that after you get an aliyah, the people don't go, Psst, wow, none of that stuff, just regular stuff. Just hi, thank yeah, you. Just, that. just good, imagine that, and how does your emotions feel now? Much easier. That's it. Isn't it amazing how if we can recognize that half our brain or a different part of our brain is emotional, and if we can speak logic to the logic brains and emotions to the emotional brains, it's amazing how many things shift. Wow. Fantastic. <coughs> and I appreciate you calling up, Erpinchus, all the way from overseas, from England. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for answering. Excellent. Really, thank you. My pleasure. The number to call in, we've got Avram and Sarah that we're going to be taking the calls. I just got over here a fantastic text. Now, I'm not going to address the text, but I will address the cognitive therapy that I like doing. And it goes along with my mahalach that in order to help a person, the person themselves is the one that has to change. So here's a question. Hi, you mentioned about parents and married children. wanted to know, how can I tell my mother how to bug out of my life without being chutzpahdik? It's already affecting my health. So notice the, the question is focused on their mother. How can I get my mother to change, to stop? And I want to do it in a way that's not chutzpahdik, and it's affecting my health. What I always do, and clients cannot stand when I do that, is, Ein it's always dependent on me. So let me ask you this question. Do you have any power over your mother? Absolutely not. Have you begged her and asked her so many times to stop a Kavadig? No. I'm saying you've probably done it, but it hasn't worked out. And here is again for all you mothers that are listening and for all you children that are listening. I am not giving you a heter at all to tell your parents no. That edge in every case, we got to have the balance and the normalcy. What I will do with you is what I do with every client. And that is, since we have no power over anyone else and your physical health is being affected, let's shift it to you. What do you need to do for you to get, for your health to get better? 
Do you need a break or a space of your mother? Find out halachically what is the correct parameters. But when we focus on you, you start seeing the changes. Just to give an example of someone which I heard where the person is going, when I'm not well, my mother calls me up and she's busy blaming me that I'm not taking chicken soup and then she's telling me what to do. And then once you can have the person identify, they are hitting all our weaknesses, which means when a dog barks, do you bark back? Absolutely not. When someone yells at you and you yell back, and if you're in a group of five people, why are you the one that is yelling back? Why from the group of five did one or two people didn't even bother at all the person yelled? Because when someone affects us, it's never the them, it is the us. If you love someone so much and they're in pain, now you are too connected to them, your happiness can only be attached, can only be dependent on their happiness. Now you must have them happy for you to be happy. You must have your mother out of your life in order for you to be happy. And when you do inner work, we start dealing with what's your issue when someone tells you what to do. You, can't, you don't feel good about yourself. You feel that you're tzchutzpadig if you don't do what they want, so now you're having the guilt and the battle within yourself. When we can get rid of the emotion to go what is appropriate, what's not appropriate, and then have that discussion with the mother, there are huge changes. I so rarely ever find mothers and fathers controlling. I really don't find them controlling. I feel those mothers and fathers are trying to give up a love to their children, and the child has a different style, and now there's a whole battle going on. So to you, the question is not how to get your mother to bug out of your life if you'll ever be not well, you know who will be there? Not the therapist. Not that person that's giving you guidance. It's going to be your parents. It's going to be your brothers and sisters. It's going to be your husband and your wife. It's going to be your children. Now, if you are emotionally connected to them, which is healthy, they are go- there's going to be pain involved. And learning the balance between how am I triggered, what are my issues that I'm getting triggered. And once you work on your triggered points, the dog can bark and you're comfortable. The person can yell at you and you can be comfortable. And you find huge shifts and huge changes when we focus on you. So now I would rephrase your question. You mentioned about parents and married children. I see that I get very triggered by my mother, by whatever she does. And I find I'm almost going to be chutzpahdig. And my not having tools, how to deal with my emotional pain that I'm still walking around with is affecting my health. And my mother seems to trigger my emotional pains. How can I heal my pains? How can I focus How can I identify some pains that I'm not even aware of? That question is very simple. Now, go to a therapist that understands, let's call it like Rogerian therapy, where they take its client-centered therapy, where it's about you. A therapist that understands to shift it, to help you identify your weaknesses in this relationship. And once you can find your weaknesses, your strengths, then it's okay. I'll give you one example. I'm not going to say which rub. There was a client of mine that had her mother that, quote-unquote, was very toxic, very hurtful, very painful. She needs to be in therapy. Many children were affected, that they've had nervous breakdowns and all that. And this person's marriage gets affected every time he speaks to his mother. So he called up a Rav. Do I have permission not to speak to my mother? The Rav said, absolutely not. You can call her three minutes before the Zman and say, hi, Ma, I love you. Have a great Shabbos. And he tells me, guess what? I did that. And my mother goes, oh, you called me three minutes before this man because you know we can't talk too long? Well, you're not getting away with it. I expect you to call this and that. He ran back to the Rav, and the Rav told him, all I asked you to do was call three minutes before, give your mother the covet of Kibbut of Aim, share a story or two positives about the kids, and then say good Shabbos. There are halachas that each of us need to start recognizing. Our parents gave us life. 
We need to respect that. We need to also learn the healthy boundaries, how to do that. We need to learn to help ourselves not to get triggered that your marriage will still be remain healthy. But let's not focus on our parents. Let's focus on ourselves and let the question be that way. Avram, thank you for holding so long, Avram, online too. And for those of you that Is would that like... Me? Yes, I hear okay, you. Okay, Mordechai. Yes, Good sir. question, Mordechai. With pleasure. What message do you have for a father which has four children at home, starting from age 28, 26, 24, and 19, which unfortunately with Shaduchim, Mordechai, I don't have to tell you, me and my wife have this, we're taking alternates here. I sometimes weep in my bed, my wife weeps in my bed. Shaduchim are not heard, and again, you're not dealing with children here, you're dealing with adults. Yes. What message do you have for these parents? That Stay are never on the line conflicted. a second. Don't, don't hang up because I'd like to show you how I give messages to people. But let's first validate what you are saying. I've spoken to parents throughout, you know, with people I work with a lot. One of the greatest pains that I am finding that parents say, or people say, when they don't have money, the pain is nowhere close to the pain as when a child isn't married. When they go to weddings and to simchas and they're able to be happy for their friends when they have a better shalom bias, when they have, let's say, sometimes even better health, when other things are better than them, they says, but when they have a child that isn't married, they said they just feel completely powerless and helpless and they feel under such pain that it's stronger than other pains. Unfortunately, uh, well, when let, someone let, has let a let child... Let me interject you a minute. Yes. Let me interject you. Let me just give you a joke. There are what we call Hever Kedisha, yes. Hever Mishnahis, Hever Starbus, Hever Bona Oilam, Hever Everything, Hever Mikos. And you know what, Mordechai? Yes. I'm not trying to do any offense over here. There's nobody in this world which does about Shaduchim. And of course, the same reason you have over eight or 1,000 girls in Lakewood that cannot be, of course, Shaduchim. So, and obviously, I'm talking about me and myself and my home and my home base with four grown up children that mamish, nobody is understanding my plight. There is, and I can't explain that. Nobody is willing to understand. Absolutely not the Mordechai. Yes. Fade complete. So let's... What would you explain? How do you explain this to a father and mother on a daily basis, 24-7, what's going on in this world? So let me go ahead and show you how I give advice. What advice would you like to hear from me? What chizik would you like to hear from me? And I don't you'll want see how well chizik. it's going you to work. You know what, chizik is a long time, but me chizik is strife already. Good, so that's why I'm not doing it. That's say, it. No. What do chizik. you want to hear from Mordechai Warmger? You are calling because, into Mordechai go, Warmger. Mordechai. What here do you go. want to I hear of that wanna, fellow? Good. I want Mordechai to know, and most probably he knows about it, okay, that what's going on in the Shaduchim world, and nobody d says anything about it, and nobody gives a hood about it, and I, wanna and I want you to explain me how I should feel so tzibrochen and so tzishosen when you have four elderly children at home and shidduchim are not happening. Good. What would you say to these people? What's the message? So the message is, For again, me I'm going to shift it right back to you. What message do you want to hear from Mordechai Weinberger? Let's do it this way. What would you tell someone that has four older kids that are not married he sleeps one night crying goes sleep and his wife the other night goes sleep crying what advice what suggestion what would you tell that person 
what? In Segulas, in Segulas, I have over 1,500, which we already did everything. Excellent. So let's not we focus. We went to the Let's not go. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's not go there. I try not to attack <laughs> different systems. Let's not go there. Let's not focus on what not. Let's focus on what yes. I want to hear it from a professional such as you. I will help you. You'll hear it from a professional. The name Mordechai Rami. People so let's put so much projection on it. Let me just tell you all listening. It's very cute. The way once my wife tells me that she was talking to someone, he goes, you know, this guy Mordechai Weimar on the radio, he's so fantastic, he's on the internet, he's great. And also he goes, you know who Mordechai Weimar is? He's that, that guy. He says, that's him? So there's a, perf there's a <laughs> okay. perception that those of you listening, but when you know, those of you that are my friends, those of you that know me really, I'm like such a regular down-to-earth person. They go, you have actually, you can't believe you have the guts to go on, you know, internet and all that stuff and to answer. So... Let's recognize, you want to hear from this Mordechai Weinberger, the perception that you have of Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW. Wonderful. Tell me what you do want to hear. What advice would you, Rabbi Avram, tell someone, and you're going to hear it from this Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW. I, what's the Atta Deshmai? I guarantee it. What advice again, would you have? Again, Mordechai. Mordechai, why Don't am I Don't shift it back to, to me. I'm going to shift it right back to you, Rabbi Avram. No, what advice? I know. People... Let's put it this way. I'm talking from a position of knowledge that I okay, know and good. I believe that everyone really has the chizik or the words of advice that they want to know. Okay. Mm -hmm. What do you? What would you tell someone else? If I go to Rabbi Avram, I've got four children, 28, 26, 21, and 19, and I cry alternate nights with me and my wife crying and there's every group out there and every organization out there and no one there for me and my children what advice Rabbi Avram can you give me what chizik can you give me I don't know that's Rabbi the Avram, reason I called you up Rabbi Avram, you are a very smart intelligent person I have a lot of faith in you and the way you ask the question with the emotions you don't have to give me advice what chizik what what can you do talk to me something please I don't know, Ramon. Atis, I'm looking for you. Yid. I'm looking for you. You have a Yiddish oh, heart, Rabbi Avram. You have a Yiddish chachma. Trust me, please. No, no, no. What message do you have for me and my wife? Rabbi, oh. oh, what about with your wife? Tell me. Oh, Rabbi Avram, give me please that advice from my wife. It. What do I do about my wife? Me, my pain, I can handle. What Not do I do really. about my Sometimes wife? Sometimes I can. Sometimes I can't. Rabbi okay. Avram, please give me the advice. Just give me something. What would you suggest I do for my wife? That's the reason I'm asking you. Yeah, I have Avram, no idea. Let's go with my Hanacha, and that's what I do to clients. And as tough okay. as I am with you, this is what I do with okay. everyone, except you know you okay. can't leave for 45 minutes. Okay. Rabbi Avram, give me something, something, a little finger. Please. Well, I'll tell you what. If yes. there's any Shachan that you know of, or there's somebody that you know of, which I haven't heard, that might, it's not the craziest thing in the world. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, I so don't one, know. I one, have to tip, put my one tip is to try another Shachan. Well, I'll tell you, I tried everybody else. That's this, right, so don't give me that tip. So please, Rabbi okay, Ram, so, don't give so me again, that advice. I've tried every shot already. Don't give me moment, that. At the moment, I'm over the ages. I'm over at Rabbi the moment. Rabbi Ram, you are an amazing, smart person. If you're a client of mine, this is how I'll be treating you. No, for those of you listening now, please understand. You don't get an easy ride with me. Rabbi Ram, you called up. Now you're mine, my friend. You have a choice to hang up, but you're mine. You're not how getting off. Rabbi Ram, give me something that you're thinking. Don't give me a guaranteed answer. Give me something that you're thinking. What do you think might help? Some what do I think might help? Believe it or not, if I see a Simchen Stub, okay? Yes. One Simchen Stub will lighten up my family. Excellent. It's so let's stop a second. Rabbi Avram, I'd like you to close your eyes for a second and see that one Simcha in your house. Just see it for a moment. I see it. I have to feel it. I, I don't would see like it. you I to, to close it. it in your eyes now and to feel it. Just take a second <laughs> and feel it.
Just All right, so I would imagine. Good. I'm closing my eyes. Good. And what am I feeling? I'm feeling that I'm talking to a Mordecai. No, then Mordecai you're wrong. No, 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 no. We stopped it. No. See yourself in your house at that yeah. Lechayim, and you just knocked oh. Lechayim. Okay, but wait, the, but wait, but wait. If I wake up in the next, but if I wake up the next minute and I open my eyes. I, I don't see any Lachayim. Rabbi Avram, this is what myself. we do with my clients, my friend. Okay. I'm asking to talk to your emotions, not to your logic. I'd like you to close your eyes and see okay. that one simcha that has happened. I need you to now feel it. Okay, I'm feeling it. No, okay. you've done it in less than a second. From when you said, okay, Tom, feeling it was less than a second. But you want me to close the eyes? I'd like you to right? feel it for about 10 seconds. We can have silence on here for about 10 seconds. Okay, good. Okay, oh, no wait. problem. I will look at my watch. Starting... Now, I'm going to talk and I want you to just feel what it's like. There's one simcha in the family and how is your heart doing? And now mm -hmm. it was 10 seconds. How was that feeling? Great. Define great. Describe to me what that great feeling was say, like. I know, I know Mr. Say simcha. A Yiddish simcha. Rachdias. And of course, Bagashmias. Okay, hold on then, hold on then. I'd like you to do it for another 10 seconds. You've given me a lot of logic. I know that's not what I want. I can tell you you haven't felt it enough. I'm going to give you now 20 seconds of me talking. And I want mm -hmm. you to experience, I want it to be me, what I feel. How I am happy, mm -hmm. how I am more relaxed, how I am oh, easier. I'm happy, everybody is happy. Hold on, so I want you, you to do it again. Close your eyes, now we're going to wait for 20 seconds. Starting mm -hmm. now. Now I'd like you to describe to me the feeling. How many people are there? Where are you? Where are you located? How are the mechatanim? Is it what you're looking for? Just give me those feelings, just for 20 seconds, and tell me your experience. And here you go. What is going on? My experience is the best in the world, okay? Describe my son just, ju just got, ju my son just got, the, watch me call him. He just Eng got engaged, and everybody is talking about what a great shit this is. And I'm talking about it, and everybody is happy. Good. Now I want to and hear the feelings about happy. it. I still, I still, I don't hear, honestly, from my hearing, from my therapeutic ear that I have developed, I still feel the rush. Usually when someone feels the feeling, their tone calms down. There's the, ah. It's I'm not the, hearing it yet. And you're going to tell me because it didn't happen the yet. The is to say it's gewaldic. It's gewaldic that I've come to a point where I have to say, I came to this moment. Baruch Hashem, that everybody is happy. And Rabbi Hashem, I thank you very much for all these things that you did. Okay, now how do you feel now? I feel miserable at this point. Because so let's go happen. ahead. Wait, wait, I hold on. Let eyes. me help it you. Now, you see, I knew that was coming. Now, let me ask the next question. What number miserable did you feel before you called? I'll tell you what. All right, I, 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 no, 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 no. I don't. I am control. I am my friend. Pain. This is called holding space and therapy, where I lead, my friend. Okay. okay. Now you have a wonderful way. You're going through huge amounts of pain, and in therapy, you need many sessions to ease your pain. But okay. let's go somewhere else a second. Before you called up, from one to ten, ten being the greatest pain. What number of pain did you have? Eight. What number do you have this very moment? I would say five. That I'm talking to a nice stop. gentleman. Eh, eh, let's stop. That's all that I want you to realize how when you need the help. Now, I'd like to give you a different awareness. Now, as Mordechai Weinberger, the therapist speaking here. And for all of you listening, I'm going to try. For those of you know that are listening now, my voice is a little hoarse because I was, Baruch Hashem, honored to be flown into Montreal to speak to about a thousand people in total. And it was fantastic. But my voice went on me. So I'm going to use a little bit of that assertive voice. And for all of those of you parents, this is part of what I discussed over there. And we'll give you guys that information. You know what? We'll just do it this way. When we, the parents, are triggered 
nervous, upset. All the children will get is nervous and upset. Instead of us becoming the leader, instead of us becoming the calming effect, the relaxing person, it will be okay. We become the center, unfortunately, of perpetrating this anxiety and this stress. Many times people and unfortunately children will tell me, so I'm not married, I can handle it. But when I see my mother cry, it breaks me. Instead of us being the leaders, working on our emotions, the stress that we have, understand instead of helping your children, instead of, being, instead of trying to come up with creative ideas, what we can yes do, we get stuck in the hate emotion, the anger emotion, and it doesn't help, it only makes it worse. Now, I am not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to say that I understand you. I don't. And the Shalom, my Davin should never put me in that position. One thing I can tell you is that since I am a human being, the Rabbi Shalom makes sure to give me minus yinus, and he knows exactly where to hit me, how to hit me that I need to grow. And the tools that I do in my life is, instead of blaming, instead of going to others, I try, I try taking sessions on me, how I can grow. So to you, my friend, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt. And if you don't deal with that, Unfortunately, I am giving you, telling you, your family is going to be feeling a lot of hurt, a lot of pain that is within your power to alleviate. Instead of being able to reassure your children, you're going to be unfortunately doing the other way, how bad the system is and how there's nothing to be done and there's no one looking out there. So Rebbe Avram, I daven and I daven all the time for a lot of people in Klal Yisrael, I daven and Merz Hashem will say kapitul tehillim for you and everyone out there that doesn't have a shidduch to find the right solution and the right shidduch. But my advice to you from the Mordechai Weinberger LCSW, the people love that opinion is, please take six to ten sessions on you yourself. You don't have to. Go with your wife. It's not to help your wife. It's how you can shift those emotions in there. Now, I'm not saying shifting the emotions means you're going to be thankful. And Rabbi Nishleim, I appreciate that. That's Amunah Batacha now. That's a whole separate issue. This is just how, while you're going through a tragedy, while you're going through trauma, unfortunately, I've worked many times with people that were going through Yenamachla, and the therapy was not how they're going to get out of it and they're going to survive. And unfortunately, for my hardest things I've had to work on that I felt it drain me that it was not for my talent doing end-of-life care when someone is told there's nothing to help them doing that type of therapy was to me from the hardest I've ever had to do but to see the person find the shift from anger of and and blame and we know they're right what can be worse than that especially when there's a parent and they see they will not take their kids under the chuppah not be able to help their children that has emotional problems, whatever problems, they won't be able to be there for them. See that them not being well has affected their children. They won't be, they will be much worse. From going from that stress, from that anger, to be able to take it the other way, to acceptance, to love, to be able to, kids should have the last memory of their parent that wasn't well with such a high respect. That is the power that we do have. I cannot change your matzav. Therapy is not about changing matzavim. Therapy is about changing yourself. And with that, we hope that the Rabbi Nishleilam will then do whatever he does and we will be able to accept it. So Rabbi Avram, you're in a very shvera matzav. You do have a choice over your emotions. And currently, with the level that I hear your emotions, unfortunately, you are not helping the situation. It, I won't want to say you're making it worse, but you're not helping with that energy. So my advice is please seek help. Thank you for calling in. We are going to go next to um, to Sarah. Sarah on line three. Just since we've mentioned the people that were able to listen to this in England, 
We've got a text. Hi from sunny Florida. Great program, Hatzlacha, and I always enjoy listening. So that's great. Another one, someone asks us, what's the number in England again to listen to? Let's go ahead and give you that number from England. The number was, let's find it. Um, you know what, let's go to the next question. While we're talking, I am going to look. Sarah, you're on the air with Mordechai. The number for those who would like to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858. Hi. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I have a question. My daughter is five years old. She's in kindergarten. Ooh, let's just be some, just aware, just before I say anything so you won't take it personal. When we ask questions, I do not take questions, parenting questions, under the uh, under the age of about eight, nine years old, simply because my answer, and I will take your question because you called in, but understand the answer is always your kid is normal, it's normal age growth, and how to deal with that is skills-based. means I cannot do it in a minute or two. You really need more tools. But anyhow, now let's hear your question, and let's see if that will be the the answer okay. that's needed. Okay. Um, my question is, is, I wanted to know, I wanted to take away her pacifier. She's five years old, and she's very attached to it at night. I wanted to know the best way emotionally to do that. Should I do it cold turkey, or should I do it slowly, or what's the best way? Because I know she's going to take it hard. Okay, so um, this is the question again, why exactly why I'm going to do it. Your child is completely age-appropriate, and the information is always the same. I can just give it to you, but this I'll, you know, this I'll give it to you, and we'll just explain it to you. Your kid will take it actually very easy. Within three days of crying, the child will be okay. Now, let's, let's, let's talk about who will have a hard time. You. You, the parent, you, your husband, will have a hard time with your kid crying. The beauty and the skills of parenting classes are they teach you, the parent, how to deal with normal stressors that come up. And again, I'm going to say this, and I say this all the time, part of my information that I like going. I find three systems that never get advice. Shalom bias, we expect everyone to just know it. Um, parenting skills, we should just know it automatically. And I forgot now what the third one is. Um, but whatever that third one is right now, we always expect everyone knows that. Now let me tell you what we know no one knows without actually doing it. Becoming a Rav. No, you need to learn it and you need Shemesh. Becoming a social worker, you need to learn the information and you also need Shemesh. We do internship. Become a medical doctor, you need to learn the information. You need the experience. Things are always updating and we need to do that. To be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to be an accountant. You tell me a business out there and I will tell you how they got shimmish, how they got information. Parenting, oh, that I know automatically without it. And these questions you ask is classical parenting tools that you'll learn how you can deal with it, how they will deal with that. So I thank you and I really apologize you held so long, but the reason why I'm not doing it is not because I'm trying to promote any parenting class. It's just I need to give you the skills based how you can be comfortable with your kid crying and other stuff that's going on because you'll, then you'll tell me, okay, this is with a pacifier, but what about when I got to send them to school and he or she cries? So it's really no, skills based. So thank okay. you. Can I just say one thing? Um, I, 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 did, I did do parenting classes, and I can deal with the crying, and I can deal with, I know what to do. I just want to know psychologically, is there ramifications in just taking it away just because they got used to it for so long, and then just take it away? So and uh, why don't you tell me, what did the parenting, what did the instructor in parenting teach you? This is classical parenting question. What was the she, advice they gave she you? Go, she, 
she didn't go into passive. I just didn't recommend it. And then she I would recommend you take another class or, so, or another information because if a parenting class is just skills-based where I tell you how to get rid of the pacifier but you didn't teach the kid how to do toilet training or you didn't teach them when they're going to get older how to get dressed means you're going to have to go back to that therapist to that parenting class every time. They are yeah. skills-based that once you learn the skills you can now adapt those skills to all ages. And when they're Merit Hashem 10 and when they're 20 and when they're 30 the assertiveness and the comfortability that you feel and how to explain it and how to do it are skills based. So now what I would recommend is simply take another course. Just get build your toolbox or just go back to that one that gave that parenting course and ask them, can I have just a one appointment, one on one, and tell me how to take the information that you've taught me and integrate it now with a pacifier. Okay. Thank okay, you very fine. much Thank for you. that question. So again, I guess I should announce that, which I haven't announced this program. We take all questions in the mental health field. Of course, it's got to be family appropriate. And if it's a parenting question over the age of eight or nine, because it's more skills based that I cannot do in three to five minutes of a program here. So it's more for awareness. And that's the awareness that we are creating. The number that the person asked for, the, for England, as I found it, it's the free line where you can hear my phone line. So here in the United States, my number to that free program we have is 718-683-58. I'm sorry, this is the number here is 718-298-2011, 718-298-2011. And in England, to hear it as a free local call, it's 0203-129-0410. So that's the number there. Thank you for asking it again. We're going to go to LEO on line one. And for those of you that would like to ask a question, yeah. okay. we are starting to get now some availabilities. The number is 718-683-5858. Elio, you're on the air with Mordechai on line one. Hi. I, I, have, a, I have a problem. I'm, I'm scared of the when I when I'm alone somewhere and there's like no one really around me. I get really scared. How old are you, Tyra Elio? Ten. Ten, and your mommy and Tati let you call in. Abba and Ima. Abba and Ima, they let you call in. What? They let you call. Yeah, yeah that's what they. That's what I call them. Yeah, they let me call for that. Thank you. So, since I love taking kids, had I known you called in, I would have skipped you ahead of the line. I happen to love when kids call. So you're 10 years old, and let's understand. So explain to me, when you're, what is the feeling? Let, tell it to me again. What is the problem? When you're alone? When I'm alone, there's like no one really around me. Good. Now, hold on. Let's get this straight. Is this at night? Is it in the morning? Is it by day? Is it all the time? Usually all the time. Usually all the time. So whenever you're alone, you feel, what do you feel? Like I feel like some, like, like some, someone's going to come and like get me or like. What are they going to, they're going to get you or you said stab you? Cat, like capture, like take they're gonna me away or like capture me. Yeah. Like, and go with the feeling, if they kidnap you, what are you worried about? What will happen if they kidnap you? Like, I know a kidnapping feels like for sure not a good feeling. Good. What's the feeling? Is it afraid that they might do something to you? Yeah. What are you afraid they might do to you? Like, and I'd like for those, like, for all the like tatis and mommies really or abba's name, I'm sorry, say that again? Like, hurt me really badly or hush or kill me. 
and kill you. So you're afraid they might hurt you very badly, and kill you. And what are you worried about if they'll hurt you very badly or they will kill you? What are you worried about that? I'm, I don't, I don't know why, it just it keeps, I try I'm going to help you, don't worry, don't worry, let's go there, this is, I'm just doing something very simple, let's just help you, just go there. What's the fear? Is the whole fear that Hashem, they'll hurt you very badly and they will kill you? Or is there even a bigger fear, Hashem, Shalom, if they, that they might do something else, or that something, what happens if you die, Hashem, what are you worried about then? Like, it's only that they would, they would hurt me or kill me. Kill you. So you're not worried if you're going to go up to Shemayim that anything will happen? No. No, are you worried, Chassashalm, how your parents are going to manage Chassashalm if you're hurt yeah. very badly or, or they kill you? Or, what? Yeah, like you, that. You're worried about how your parents are going to feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's understand first. Let's divide this into... Is there anything else that you're worried about, Chassashalm, if they hurt you very, very badly and if they kill you, Chassashalm? Yeah, that well, how my parents would feel, how my siblings would feel, yeah. um, my relatives would feel, yes. how my friends would feel, yes. uh, and that I know would feel. Okay, excellent. So now what I'd like you to recognize is, first, Elio, you're such an amazing person. Your mom have a tzaddik of an ashama, that you have a great feeling. And let me explain to you, you're such a good feeling person that when people have a lot of feelings, when the Rebbe gives such people, and I have a similar nature, I have that nature, we can feel for so many people when we're afraid of something, we're more afraid of for them than about us. Let me ask you, are you more worried about yourself that you're going to be afraid or are you more worried about how they're going to take it? Like, or both? I'm worried about myself, but also I'm also really, really, really worried about them. Notice how you say, I'm worried about myself and I'm really, really worried about them. Which is more a fear that you're afraid of? Them, for them, or for you? Like, when you get the fear. Um, what? Like, like for them. Right. For them, I'm, for exactly. them, I'm So, yo, just hold a second. Just, I'm going to still deal with you. I just want all those parents listening now. I'd like us to realize what I've just done. We've taken a fear, and we've, done, we've gone through down through the process. And even if someone says, Chassashom, like being hurt or pain, and we make our assumption, we don't make assumptions until we ask. So now we try to deal with it emotionally. So now let me ask you, Elio. What can be a feeling that you will know 100% safe that everything will be okay with your parents, your siblings, your relatives, your friends, and everyone that you know, that they will be a-okay? They'll be able to handle it if something happens, or you could imagine that nothing will ever happen. What would put you at ease that they're strong? You could even imagine that, whatever you'd like, let me give you a tool, you can imagine... That the, if something happens to you, they see that you're next to Hashem and Hashem tells them everything was a reason why. Or they see you're the biggest neshama that you're going to bring down Mashiach. Or it could be that they see or that they know that you're completely protected. Nothing can ever happen to you. You have Elio Anavi with Malachim watching you on both sides with swords and guns and you're protected. This is actually someone, what a six-year-old kid once told me that he, was, he also was afraid and he imagined that there are two Malachim protecting him. He tells me big, huge ones, two f- stories high, two floors high, and they're holding a sword and they have a gun like on their side. And that's how these Malachim are protecting him. What, and so nothing could ever happen to him. What would you feel? What can give you that feeling? Let's go first to everyone yeah. else, to the bigger one, that you'll feel completely yeah. relaxed, that they'll never feel that pain ever. That I would feel more comfortable if like if like if like if like I saw that 
I imagine that I had, a, I had a bodyguard that that was really, really strong. He didn't need any weapons. I mean, anyone just tries to jump on me, he'll just punch them away. Excellent. How many of those bodyguards do you want? You can have as many as you want. Like 60 of the strong mamachim like that. Excellent. One six or six zero? Six zero. Excellent. So imagine 60 malachim, just like Shlema Melech had, and they don't need any guns, but they've got strong muscles and strong, they know how to fight. And anyone that wants to get close, they can just punch them in the face. First, how does that feel? Take a moment, close your eyes, and feel that, that when you close your eyes, you see them. They're right there. In fact, I'm in my room, and I see them right around you, and I see them now, a different 60 ones are around me. Wow, I actually feel calmer just imagining that around myself. How do you feel, Elio? I felt like much better. I saw them. I felt I felt much much better that no one could get me. Even like a whole giant army, they can't get me. That's right. Excellent. Good. Now I'd like you to imagine that you're alone in the house and you have over there those shishim gebayim. And see, you could be alone walking in the street and you have those shishim gebayim. Feel it. Yeah. How do you feel now when you see yourself being alone? I don't feel alone because I have 60 bodyguards. That's right. Now, how do you feel when you can walk around in the street now all by yourself with those 60 bodyguards, the shishim gebayim? Yeah, I would also... In, in, Outside, I don't really, doesn't really happen outside. I'm okay. Scared. So see it inside, see it in the morning, at night, see it all over. Outside, by day, in your house, in the room, in the backyard, wherever it is, you're alone. And you have those shushim gebayim, you got them. Yeah. That's it. It's really, <coughs> I feel, it puts me at ease and makes sure, it makes me so no one. No one, no one could get me because I have 60, I have 60 really strong bodyguards. Even if I'm alone in the dark room, no one, even if I'm alone in some place really scary, no one could get me. That's right. 60. Yes. Yes. Mm. David HaMelech says that, When he feels the power, the Rabbani Shalom, the Shishim Gebayim, then there's nothing to be afraid of. Because you have that power. Excellent. So if you, are your parents listening now while we're talking? Yeah. <coughs> Excellent. So my advice, suggestion to the parents are, if they can do it tonight, or whenever is when you're going to be alone, to ask you, Elio, what feeling can you feel now that we're going to leave you alone and you're going to feel safe? And I'd like them to practice it with you. So let's say if you're now in your house, so your parents are going to tell you, imagine now you have the Shishim Gebayim, and we're going to go out of the house for about two minutes. This is really already exposure therapy, it's called. And they're going to be the other side of the door, and then they're going to come back in and see how you felt. And if you felt pretty good, not so good, then they'll try again for three minutes. Imagine. And they can even ask you, do you want to imagine something else? Sometimes it might be the Shishim Gebayim. It might be you want to add on a special Malach. And you might want to add on a different time that maybe one of them has a gun or a knife, but you can change it. So that's within your power. Then, if that's okay, then you try it even once, and your parents can go away for 20 minutes. 
and see how the feeling, and whenever you get afraid, you can close your eyes or just see those Shishin Gebarin. So right now, with my eyes open, I see the Shishin Gebarin, I see one head guy standing right in front of me, giving me this big smile. And funny, he has like those short sleeves where you can see those huge bicep muscles. That's the one that I see, huge. So the short sleeve is just about as covering the shoulder, and I see this huge muscle of this Malach. Very interesting. I don't know how your Malachim look, but that's at least how my Malach looks. Elio, I love that you called. You've really made that I love this program and the callers, but you just put it on uh, over the top. Thank you thank for calling you so in. Much. Thank you so much. Now, my pleasure. Oh, I could totally get over my feelings uh, of being old. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad. Now, if you'd like, or if your parents would like, if you can just call us up next week and just share with us the feedback, how did this week go, being alone? Okay? I'll probably... I'll. I'll be in, I'll probably, I'll be in school at that okay. time. Okay, so if you would like, then that's okay. Then if your parents would like, they can give a call. Or they can just, or you can just send a text. Or they can send a text at this time, because I do see the messages as they're coming in, as people are asking. Um, okay. What else can we do? You know what? We'll leave it up to the Rabbi Shalem. If Hashem wants us to get the feedback, we'll get it. It's okay. Much better for you to be in yeshiva than to give us that feedback. You're learning Torah is what the Rabbi Shalem sits for, and that's what's being mechazuk the entire world. The Torah of everyone learning in Kail, the chesed that people are doing, especially of Tinoike Shalbeis Rabbim, that we know the Rabbi Shalem loves it. So thank you. And thank you, Leo. Okay. We are going to go to Leah. Leah on line five. You're on the air with Mordechai. Hi, can you hear me? Oh, we hear you loud and clear. Okay, so I have two questions. We'll yes. start with the more important one. Um, the first one is about OCD. Um, I would like to know, I know you don't like to give names on the ear, but I think I'm suffering from OCD. Um, my neighbor had a, a robbery, like a break-in. They didn't really break in, actually. They had the keys to all the apartments that they built in this building. Yeah. And ever and it was about a week ago, and basically we changed the locks, but like I've lost sleep about it. Like I haven't been able to sleep properly. Yeah. So that's one thing. Yes. And a second thing is that um, with cleanliness, yeah. I like I get very um, nervous. It's a mess, or like when she's eating, I like to like feed her, even though she wants to eat alone, because I know that she'll make a mess, and there's like gonna be crumbs and. Uh, I don't know, it feels like out of control for me when there's like a mess and things. So like I like to clean up a lot. Okay. Also like when people like when people um tell me they're gonna do something, so I think like a lack of trust, so like I go in circles a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I actually went to a specialist who deals with O C D and I paid a lot of money. He told me that in order not to suffer, you have to suffer and like the whole technique of basically just like stopping to do the behavior yeah. and rewarding the brain. Okay. Now I, I'm at a, I'm at a point where like I don't feel that that worked for me, and yeah. I want to know what you suggest. Well, I've got some news for you, and I'm not going to go against that therapist that diagnosed you OCD because I haven't seen everything. I don't hear OCD. Let's start with issue number one. With what happened? Anxiety. I hear anxiety what? right on. And as someone that was robbed and afraid, I hear perfectionist about your kid. And let's let me just just for me to be more exact with your kid. Are you worried about the mess that your kid will make? Are you, or if there's a mess, is it that you can't think and you're thinking about the mess the whole time or you just don't feel good, like because you're not good enough? Um, I feel like, un, like, I feel like I need to clean up and I feel like 
it's not clean. I don't know. It's a mixture of emotions. Like, I feel out of control. That's the feeling. It's Excellent. not really the Out of control mess. is a large part of anxiety. Let me ask you, as a kid in school, did you have to get the hundreds? No, actually not. Okay. I like 90s, but I didn't get hundreds. No. Okay, but okay, not what you got. Did you have to get? Were you upset no. if you got 90s? No. Okay, where else would you say maybe that you're a perfectionist, where things have to go a certain way? Probably with my weight. Okay, good. Where else? I like to be very in shape. Yes, why um, do you have to be very in shape? In relationships, in relationships, like I like to have it my way. Like it's very hard yes. for me to see another opinion. Yes, so what I hear is something else. I, it might be underlying OCD, but to me it sounds the other way around. It sounds anxiety. to me... What? Anxiety and more. Like I would use anxiety. a different word. I'd use the word more control, perfection. No, I would only use the word perfection. I'd use the word control. There's a term called codependence, and you have the other side to that. Codependence is usually, just to give an example, if someone ever suffers from alcoholism, means they're addicted to alcohol, that's mm -hmm. their problem, and they mess up. The codependent person is the one that doesn't leave the relationships. Let's say the Rav tells them, leave. You have a header to leave. The, the person's ruining it. They can't. Mm -hmm. If I give you another example. I've just spoken to someone where on him that I love that title, codependence, where he said it's coming up now, Lagbeimer, and he must take mm -hmm. care of everything. He's running an entire, you know, for Lagbeimer, Suda, and that's happening. He had to call every person and all that. That is codependence means that if I if it doesn't happen the way I need it to happen, I feel terrible. Therefore, I must do everything in my power for it to happen my way. That I call a controlling issue. Subconsciously, you only feel safe when it goes exactly your way. But it's not true. Like from a logical perspective, I understand. That I didn't I don't ask logical perspective. Let's deal with this. If your house is a mess, how do you feel? If it's not your way, I feel like I feel overwhelmed and out so. Of let's put it this way: anything that is important to you, it has to go your way. So maybe school wasn't that important to you. How important to you was school and marks? Like a seven out of ten. Say that again? Like, I didn't really care. So I That's didn't right. Care That's so not much. what I'm talking about. I'm talking about right. any... Tell me areas that are important to you in your life. Are you this level of control in every area that's important to you? Like, the only one that's important to me. Do I become Weight is important to you. Cleanliness is important to you. Friendship relationships are important to you. Tell me things that are I'll really... I'll tell you another thing. Like, my, my daughter got nits in life um, yes. for the first... Like, I went absolutely crazy. Like, Let's stop a second. Like, I now I want to try to help you identify where are some, some of those voices. So now let me ask you, which one of your parents are the similar controller that things have to go their way when it's important to them? Or my both? mother. Your mother. Now how does mm -hmm. your mother look today when you get much older, we have married kids where there's so much more going on. How is she before Pesach? Or when a kid has a problem, how they have to deal with issues? How does she look today? She doesn't. She She's, unfortunately, she's very busy with herself. So that became her way of dealing with that's things. That's right. So if we do not like, learn, if we do not learn how to let go, and this is letting go of control, this is subconscious work, this is getting an awareness, which I can even help you do a little bit now, some of the tools so you can practice. 
So I wouldn't even diagnose you. You see, if you would come to me, I would say I am not giving you any diagnosis at all. You're a regular healthy person that was raised in a house like everyone that we are going to be missing some tools that no parent can give every kid every tool. And all you're missing the tools are when things are important to you, how to feel safe when it doesn't work out your way. And that's an inner emotional but safety. I don't want to become like, I don't want to be like a self-absorbed person. Like I, I realize that I love I'm, this line, the I'm quote, so my, busy with myself. My wife, when we got married, got a, got a little pillow. And it said, mirror, mirror. On, actually, it wasn't her. Her best friend got her the, pyra, the pillow. Mirror, mirror on the wall. I turned into our mothers after all. <laughs> it was just okay, cute. Okay, that I know. But so that was a friend that can that do like... that. Imagine I would send that pillow to my wife. But anyhow, that's the only thing that a best friend could do. Or imagine if my wife would send me <laughs> that pillow. But I'd like you to recognize, first of all, may we be zeicha to be like our parents that's a schos and that's a bracha. And may we also be zeichet to grow, to be able to work out the one or two issues that our parents were not able to give us. That's why we're alive in this world. That's why we're not blaming our parents, and we need to learn those tools. So let me go to you, and let's help you identify some of those tools. So if you, right now, let's go to your kid that, let's say, made a mess, and we're not calling it OCD at all. We're just calling your a fantastic Yiddish mama that you want the best for your kids. And therefore, this inner control that's affecting you, what would put your emotions at ease that the way it is, your weight, you can be 500 pounds and you're going to be happy, singing, <laughs> relaxed, and your house can be such a mess that you can't even walk in there, that you've got the whole gemach for all the people's clothing in your dining room. <laughs> and, the, and the kitchen table is where they sort through it, whatever people would like. What would put you so at ease? Because it's possible. I just had the answer to me. Well, the answer to me is I see the Rabbinish Lailam come to me and tell me, Mordechai, that little hand on the shoulder saying, your house is now the Beis Hamikdash. I feel so good. I could see my house now so messy and me, my wife, and kids smiling. They also have to hear it from the Rabbinish Lailam. I can see that easy smile on me. Now, what mm. would give you that ability that if that happens, you'll just be so comfortable the mess all over? I think I need to know that it's okay. Like, I need to just keep on From telling who? myself. No, like, you're giving I'm me okay. the logical answer. You've tried that. Don't do that. Give me the emotional. What would give you the feeling? I don't know. So go ahead. you got the second now. Take a second now and feel your mm -hmm. heart. And what would put you mm -hmm. at ease that now I don't have to control? For an example, it might be that you can look at your kids and see how healthy your kids are with the mess. Maybe see an alternate picture. Wow, there could be a mess in my Maybe kids. like seeing the happiness that like like the happiness in my daughter's eyes when she Excellent. just made such Do a big mess and she's having so much fun. Fantastic. Close your eyes and see how your kid is jumping with those new pair of shoes in that puddle and that smile, that happiness. <laughs> And you can see that that smile, mm -hmm. that happiness gave them the confidence and future to do whatever it is. How do you feel when they got that chocolate all over their face and smiling? It's on that new outfit and right on the kitchen table. <laughs> and you see that gorgeous um, smile that only a two-year-old can give you when they have that smile so happy. I feel like much calmer. Good, that's what I'd like you to feel. So what you really need is, I'd really, from my little recommendation out here is, take off that title of OCD. Again, I can't do that legally because we're on here and I haven't seen you, but a recommendation is to think about. Get reevaluated. It might not be OCD at all, so don't think of yourself as that. It might no, not I even be such back. a trauma. I didn't, I didn't go back. I didn't feel like it was for me. 
That's right. Excellent. Don't think that you're even so traumatized, maybe traumatized because someone took the key, but it might be more a fear that the people that you want to protect, the control, that you don't have a way to protect it because maybe something will happen. You'll see the underlying root of needing to control things that are important to you. And you might even see how wonderful your kids might grow up to see that. Something, I don't know how appropriate it is on here, but it's still funny, and Rabbanim say similar things. Have you ever seen the smile on those little kids when they learn how to walk and to stand? They go to the toilet seat and they play around with the water. It's like every parent's, oh, disgusting. And they're like tapping that till you get them out and that smile on their face. There's just only something that certain kids at a certain age can appreciate. But that is the goal. If you can get your feelings to feel safe and see the happiness that this kid feels, you might find such a big change in your children and within yourself. I think it's letting, like for me, I just need to like, let go and feel that feeling of safety and calmness for myself. That's right. That's right. So how do we generate that? Like we just so that is exactly now where the therapy comes in. This is really where I'll tell you to find a therapist or call up relief and ask who does inner child work. And many times since your system, since your problem isn't really severe or serious, I would even recommend to find out, and here's where I might get a, a attacked from many people, but alternative therapies are fantastic for inner child work. So again, you want to find out the person is from, I don't want to say on air, because whenever I say I've taken so many different systems and so many people then start, is it Ashkafa? They guess it not. I know someone that did it that wasn't good. But just start putting your ears mm-hmm. out there. Who does subconscious work? Who does inner child work? It's not a logic bit of advice. This is more people who do inner work, and I feel you're going to find such a change with that. Ener- like energy work. I don't want to use the word energy because, again, the word energy means so many things. So I don't believe, actually, I'm not referring to energy where someone has energy in their hands and they're telling you work on your energy. No. I feel it's a feeling that needs to change your feelings. <laughs> no, there are those people that do that energy, and I'm not going into that, or I'm not going into if it's right, not right, halachadik, not halachadik, not even going down that path. I'm just clarifying that's not what I was referring to. I was referring to someone that does inner work where they have you be aware of your emotions, be aware of your inner fears or concerns or why things have to be perfect and how you can change that. Okay. I'm so referring to more one. that. Like, no, you I'm have not time referring... for number two or you're... Yes, you and I'm also go. not referring to which I personally like or believe in, but again, it's either controversial, yes or no, so I'm not endorsing anything. I'm also not referring to homeopathic stuff or to vitamins. I'm referring specifically no, no, no. to a yeah, logic-type therapy where they talk to your feelings while you're alert, alert, awake, and aware of what's going on. So things like that. Interesting. Yes, where you will be able to identify the need for you to control the way that you will be able to tell yourself, just like you said, if I can see my kid where they have you find the solutions to your issue, that is the type of therapy where I'm referring to. So thank you even for clarifying when I said alternative what I meant. I appreciate okay. you calling in. We've got eight minutes left, and we are going to go to Levy online too. Just one thing. Someone sent a text to Rebbe Avram that was saying that his kids aren't married. So I love when people have advice. So we're going to share your advice. I have one Eitzah for this person. I'm talking about Rebbe Avram, that four kids aren't married. Be Mavata. People today don't want to be Mavata on anything in their list. So that's why the kids aren't getting married. By the way, I also have four boys of age. Granted, they're a little younger. <laughs> But so far, no movement. And he writes in bold, or she, I am not nervous. Main thing is, tracht gut, wird sein gut. So this is something that in group therapy, which I love, when someone in the same matzav tells the person, your stress and your anger has nothing to do with your matzav. 
because we have the same matzav or worse. And that's where the person has to start identifying and start recognizing, oh, so I can't tell the therapist you don't know what it's like. You mean someone's got worse than me and they're calmer and stronger, so now I do need to change. That was exactly for my reason why I suggested Rabbi Avram to go for some professional advice for therapy, not advice for therapy, because his anxiety is, from my experience, a little bit more that should be, I shouldn't say that should be, but there's a way to deal with it so it does not have to be that way. And having you, and if you've got the strength to call up here online, I would appreciate that live, because if he hears your voice, if you got the confidence to do that, or if you don't feel bad, or that people recognize your voice, do that. And I feel that will help a lot of people. Thank you. Reb Levi, <laughs> you're on the air with Mordechai on, of course, jradio.com. Yes. I would like to thank you very much for your show. It's beautiful and it's bringing a big awareness for Klaus. Thank you. Okay, I would like to give a comment to what you say many times, which I think is important to add something on. You keep on saying that you should go to a roof for this and for that, which it's amazing to see how you you respect the dance player and you always say that they're going to are ready to do and are ready to work for Claudius Rule, which is certainly very true. But one thing I would like to make clear that when you do have a problem, any kind of problem, many people go to Rabbanan, and any Rule is ready to give his experience, which they have a little bit, but not too much, and usually you could see that the problem never goes away. So what I feel is important, whenever you have any problem which does not have shyness with the dance player, you should only go to a experienced licensed therapist. Okay, so let me take what you're saying and let's see if we can clarify it. What you're saying is, first you appreciate my being machshav, rabbanim, and das Torah, and I'd like right. you to know that that's a thousand percent true. I consider myself first a yid and then every other every other being, means then a therapist. Even ahead of wow. finding myself a person, before finding myself as a husband taking the role, or of a father, I first find myself a person that the Rabbani Shalem has put his chelik alikaim his tselem alikim in me. That's my first obligation. Wow. Then comes next level. And since the first thing is from the Rabbani Shalem, we believe that the Rabbani Shalem has given Klal Yisrael the Rabbanim and the Gedolim and the Siyatu Deshmaya to them. That's my belief. Now, siyata deshmaya does not mean blind faith that if it doesn't make sense, we are going to do that. As we know all the time that the Rabbi Shalom has, and the Gemara that brings down, that if the parents tell a kid to do some on Avera, as with Nasaris Adibris, we learn it out from there, that everyone has to respect the Rabbi Shalom first, which means we have to know what Torah is. And if you have a question with what the Rav is saying, if it's kosher or not, ask another Rav, just like you'll ask any other therapist, and it's in your right to do that as a boss of a dumb, the Rebbein has put you in this world, if it doesn't make sense or add up to you, ask another Rav. And the same for right. everyone. Now let's go to your situation. After you've spoken to a Rav, or it's not in the Rav's expertise, we are making an assumption that a Rav that has shimish, that has experience, will know that if something's out of his expertise and he can handle it, he will then refer it to someone that is an expert. Just like a Rav will not tell you which medications to take for your heart, and just like a rub will not tell you what to do when you're getting chest pains to tell you just to go, whatever, just say capital to Hillam. We also, that he might tell you to also do that, but that might not be the solution. 
We also know that mental health is not an Amuna and Betachen Shiloh. The Raya is the Rabbanim are sending to me clients. Now, but Mordecai, I want to disagree in public. Okay. Now, I want to be clear, there is no Rabbanim bashing here. Because I am much no. of Rabbanim, and there are many people that are walking around with pain and hurt of Rabbanim, and they take this as an opportunity. Here we are right. being machshev, and if you feel that some Rabbanim are doing things that are out of their... You know, let's hear what you want to say. Okay. I'm just saying that there's many Rabbanim who do accepting problems, because they, they do have a wrap of information, and people are so not aware of, of licensed therapists. Normally, you know, you have a problem, you have to do it, and he tells you, and... Most of the time, it doesn't get settled. There are very few Rabunim which are very... Okay, so let's stop here. And and let's stop here. Personally, I might agree with you on some points, but since we're public and thousands of people, I just feel a little bit it's my achrayas to go ahead and to defend, uh-huh. at least the, the defend the Rabbanim. And I feel a lot of them have so much seichel and have chachma and there's a siyata deshmaya. But at the same time, I will agree with you that part of the training in Shemesh that a Rav gets is that if they're good in certain areas, but they haven't gotten Shemesh in other areas, they know not to paskin and not to get involved. For those Rabbanim that are doing that, they will see more harm come. And those Rabbanim, or that I should say that are aware, usually refer to mental health professionals. And to say it very clear, if someone has stress and anxiety, it's not Emunah and Betach and Shiloh. Most of the time, it's not. One of the modes right. of therapy is to work on your amuna and Betachen. But many times there are very logical stresses and issues that come up. The biggest rai if it's amuna and Betachen Shaila is, if you speak to the Rav, you got the advice, you're trying the advice, and it's not working, is the biggest proof it's not an issue of amuna and Betachen, or it's not a rabbinical question, it is a mental health issue. Just like there's a right. physical pain, and if that doesn't work, so now what you're saying is, let's see, the Rabbanim that you might have spoken to have done more damage, and they haven't acknowledged the need for professionals. They might be against professionals. Right. So, so for right. those Rabbanim that are out there or for their kehilos, either they will attract the people that like and believe those lines, and you will find a certain energy, or those Rabbanim just... Let's, let me tell you a little thing that I've learned from life. I think the Rabbani Shalem does things. He usually gives everyone their nesiyonis. So if this Rav is doing something like that, usually the Rabbani Shalem will then give him or whatever it is, that family a nesiyon, where the person gets awake and alert and aware that, oh, there is a place for it. And just like this generation, the Rabbanim has given mental health counselors, therapists, we didn't need it generations before. So he's giving the refuah before the maka. I believe the same as all Rabbanim, today's generation, if not now. In the next 10 years, we'll all see there's a place for mental health counseling in any kihila yeah. in Klal Yisrael. Thank you for the awareness. We've got about 10 seconds left. So for all of you listening, I appreciate it. And thank you for listening to my program. We want to thank jrootradio.com for hosting us. We want to thank Yeshiva World, Lakewood Scoop, and FNW for carrying this. And we want to thank Aaron for always doing his fantastic, great work of managing the phones, taking in the questions and callers. And we always thank and appreciate the Rabbi Shalem for giving me the siyata deshmaya to be the right shliach, at least for those I can, do my little bit for these couple, uh, for this couple of minutes. Thank you all for listening and Merit Hashem. Looking forward to being together next week.